We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, I really wanted to get into this deep conversation because I enjoyed thoroughly our breakdown last week of some of the underrated defensive recruits in the class. So I'm excited to get our eyes on a little bit of some underrated offensive players, man. So we have put together a list of, I think we had five guys, one, two, three, four, five, no, six guys. I like, we had six guys on the offensive side of the football that have all been offered by Notre Dame at this point. We have a running back, three receivers, a tight end, and an offensive lineman to get through. Yeah, Sean, I, I didn't think it was—I didn't think it was quite right for me not to start with a guy that's right in your backyard. I, I didn't think it was right. And a pretty recent running back offer that came out a few weeks ago, Mr. Darian Dupree, who is a running back out of Mount Carmel there in Chicago, Illinois, was the—I think—the runner-up or at least a finalist for Mr. Football in the state of Illinois. As a junior, fantastic player that I know Sean Davis was able to get out and actually see live this weekend. I mean, not this weekend, this this past season, mm-hmm. live in person against St. Ignatius. So he's a very interesting football player. As we kind of work through just some of our collective thoughts, Sean, we're going to play some film because that's what we do here, man. It's what we love to do. So we're going to pop up the film of Mr. Darian Dupree, get our eyes a little bit on him and I mean, Sean, for me, I think, and I love the little things they can right now and huddle, like show out and such. I, I don't know if you agree with this, Sean, but I'd say the best trade about Darian Dupree, running back 2024 class, is his contact balance. Silly, man. He's really is. able to take contact and keep his footing and keep his balance. It's really impressive stuff on the field. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Very reminiscent of that touchdown run that Christian McCaffrey had yesterday. Just crazy balance contact balance and he does it all Ryan he does it all like you said you mentioned that St. Ignatius game I've seen him against the best competition he right his best games are against the best teams on their schedule whether it was St. Ignatius or Loyola Academy last year which is on national tv he put forth the best efforts against the best teams and that's the type of player he is highly competitive and that I mean he doesn't want to go down Right. He might be a little bit more diminutive than some guys and he might not be on the clock, a four three guy. But you get him out in space. uh, You're not going to see too many people chase him down. You run him up inside. He's going to get you the tough yards. He's going to break tackles and he's elusive. He can avoid tackles as well. And this is a clip from that Loyola game where in the first half he really put the team on his back and really dominated until he had an injury there in that game. So catching the ball in the backfield, being able to move. You see him with that number six. A lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, man, he reminds me of Theo Riddick back in the day for Notre Dame, being able to do a lot of things. But I think he's a little bit better running in between the tackles uh, than Theo Riddick. Just a fabulous player. He was at the Irish Invasion last year and built a fantastic relationship with Dylan McCullough on that day. And it stayed there. And he picked up the offer recently when Dylan McCullough came to Chicago. So he's excited. And, of course, as soon as Notre Dame offered, then here come the SEC schools and all of the other schools. You know, yeah. so he's one of these kids that, once again, he's a Midwest kid. Yeah, He's just a Midwest kid. And, you know, you have to watch programs like Michigan. You have to watch programs like Illinois that's been on him a lot longer than everybody else. Wisconsin, then, Iowa. Wisconsin, all of them, yeah. But Notre Dame was huge. It was a flat-out huge offer for him. Yeah, Sean, you know who he reminds me of a little bit as we're watching him even run routes outside the numbers a little bit? I already mentioned the contact balance, the vision. There's a lot of great things, obviously, that Darren Dupree does. He reminds me, do you remember uh, Do you remember Sony Michelle when he was at Georgia? Yes. Yeah. That's who, that's who he reminds me of, man, because Sony was – he was an inside runner, but he was, you know, about 210, 215. Like, that was mm-hmm. probably the bulk of him, you know? I mean, he probably got up to about 220 when he was with, like, the L.A. Rams pretty recently, and obviously he was drafted by the New England Patriots. But there's just – he just does everything pretty well, man, and he's just got really good contact balance. I wouldn't say that anything about him is super flashy or elite. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say that, right? I don't think – I think his straight line speed is solid to good. I think that his elusiveness is good. I don't think he's elite at anything, though. 
what I think about him though, is he is a good versatile player who does everything pretty well. That's kind of what I see with Darian Dupree. And he just doesn't like, I mean, he just feasts off contact, man. He's able to absorb contact. He's able to work through contact, good vision. I just think this is a really good running back. Like that's and some of the things that aren't flashy to people like the long speed home run ability. That's not what you're going to get from Darian Dupree. What he does though, is that the ability mm-hmm. to break four to five tackles and keep a low bet base, low balance while still working through contact. Like it is just, it's very fun to watch. And he, he's a pretty comfortable pass receiver too. He is a nightmare schematically for defensive coordinators, right? Because you can't, Look, this is Mount Carmel. Traditionally, they were an option team. Right. And now they made them, they went to a more spread attack with Lynch coming in as the head coach, who was a former quarterback at Northern Illinois. I think he finished like six in the Heisman one year. Is that, is that Jordan mistaken. Lynch? Jordan yeah, Lynch? Jordan Lynch is nice. the head coach over there at Mount Carmel. He played for Mount Carmel. So, you know, he spread it out a little bit more and, and spreading it out. He gave guys like Darian Dupree, who probably would have been part of a three back backfield just about four years ago, now you see the, the 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 multiplicity or the diversity, shall I say, in the talent that he has, not only to run the ball, but to be schematically just a headache for defensive coordinators. You have to worry about where he's lined up. Yep. You know, most running backs, if they go out, you're like, okay, we're not worried about him standing out there. But, no, you have to worry about this guy running routes, you know, and catching deep passes on linebackers that mo- the majority of the time are defending him. So, yeah, he's a headache. When you have someone this, you pair him with Aeneas Williams, and as much as they can do, that's that's different, in my opinion, yeah. than the combination you have right now in uh, Aldrich and, and Logan, right? Yeah. Logan has more diversity to his game. Aldrich, not as much, even though he's getting better, but you – you pair Dupree with Aeneas Williams, and you get both of those guys and the way they both can split out and do things in the run and the passing game. And now you're talking about using 21 personnel a lot. Now you have these guys. So it's something I know Brian's been asking for, you as well. But it seems like, you know, those are the type of backs that they're loving. Like this is how to yeah. build a running back room. But not guys that can just do one thing, but guys that can do a multiple uh, set of things to make us offensively successful. And, and John, I, I think a great conversation we could have, because I know someone just had a question that we'll get to here in a second, because I think it's very related to the conversation we're having. But there is a question, I believe, right now that Notre Dame is wrestling with. And I put this in, I did a 2024 overview for the backfield where I talked about the running back position. Obviously, Notre Dame has Aeneas Williams running back mm-hmm. out of Hannibal High School in St. Louis, Missouri. Or, sorry, in Hannibal, Missouri, not in St. Louis, an hour north of, of St. Louis, who is committed to Notre Dame in the 2024 class. You have a talented board of running backs, but I... I, I believe, and this is just my pulse, right? Nobody on the staff has told me this, but I do think that there's a little bit of a conversation piece for Notre Dame right now, whether they take two running backs or they just stay pat with one because they are recruiting a few talented runners. I mean, I think of Anthony Carey from Florida is one guy they're talking about. We just watched Darian Dupree, who's a really talented running back. Davion Goss out of Florida is a little bit of a bigger back, someone that they're keeping close tabs on. Nathaniel Palmer. There are some guys on the board, Nathaniel Palmer out of Texas, Mm-hmm. So there's some guys that are on the board, 
But I, I'm not 100% sure if Notre Dame's going to take a second running back. I think that's a conversation that's going to continue to ha- be done around the building because right now, I mean, Notre Dame's six deep at running back going into yeah. 2023. And the crazy yeah. part is, although it's very unlikely, every running back in the room this year, Sean, could be back for 2024 if they felt like it. I, I don't think we yeah. anticipate them all being back, right? Which right. is why the need for a second running back may arise. But it is, it, I think it is going to be a little interesting to see if Notre Dame does take a second running back or if they hold off and just are content with Aeneas Williams in 2024. Five to six is probably the number annually, right? Five to seven in the running back room. So yep. it depends. It, it, it depends. And you evaluate your program throughout the year, even during the season, right? So you right. never know how that evaluation is going to go in connection with, you know, the numbers and how things are going in recruiting. And, you know, you can watch a kid. I'm sure when they started the season, they thought, okay, we don't need these this many linebackers in the class or whatever position. Sure. And then they went and they watched practices and they recognized certain things and their opinions about certain players on the roster might have changed and they might have said, you know what, I think we might need to go get an extra guy in this position on this area. So that's going to continue to take place, right? Because you continue to take inventory of your program. So running back is one of those positions where they might value that one kid. It might not be Darian Dupree, whomever it is. They might value what that kid brings to the program. And they say, you know what? Go get him because he's a playmaker. Sure. He's an athlete. Man, just get him on the roster. We'll figure it out. Yep. And, and I, I just wanted to add a note. I saw someone just said that Chris Tyree can't come back in 2024. Uh, yes, he can. He can. He is. So he is going to be a fourth-year player this year. He's this got year. the COVID eligibility, right? Yeah. So he can cut. He has five years to play. So he could be a redshirt senior in 2024 if he felt like it. Again, I'm not projecting it though. Like I, I'm not. I, I, I don't know, right? Like yeah. I don't know if he's going to be here. What if Estime or Diggs pop off in 2023? Maybe they're early draft entries. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a transfer or something. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers ultimately going to look like. We'll see, which is why I think the number could change, right? Like I think the number could change. So we shall see, obviously, what the numbers look like. And th- that conversation obviously is sprouted around Darian Dupree, who is a pretty new member to the board, Sean, a guy that I think we're both pretty big fans of. I wanted to bring up this question from 99 Prons with BK1. We'll handle mo- most of the questions during the mailbag, but I think this one was very pertinent. He said, is Darian Dupree too similar to Aeneas Williams? Both being good at everything. If yes, are you in favor of taking two similar running backs in one class? I don't really think they're that similar, 99 Prons. I, I I understand why the question comes because they, I, I and I quantified it as they're pretty good at everything, right? But just because you're good at everything doesn't mean that you do the certain things in a similar way, right? Like Darian Dupree is a is a much better inside runner, in my opinion, than Aeneas Williams. Aeneas Williams is more of a let's get on the edge a little bit, let's you know work outside and let's hit the cutback lane. Darian Dupree, I think, is a true inside runner, which I think he runs. So he's a different runner. And also, I would also say Aeneas Williams is a kid for me that is a little bit more of a natural receiver, as in, like, I could put him outside the numbers at times. I could put him in the slot. I think Dupree can do some of that stuff, but I think he's more of a receiver out of the backfield than what Aeneas Williams is. Like, Aeneas Williams, honestly, 
he could be a true slot at the next level, I think. Like, I think he's that versatile of a pass receiver. So I think Dupree is a better inside runner. I think Aeneas is a better outside runner to a degree. But I I, I think so. I just think that it's it's it just saying that people are good all around players doesn't mean that they do things similarly, right? It just yeah. means that they have multi facets to their game. I hope that makes sense. Not any problems. I'm trying to quantify the best I would. I don't know, Sean. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, like that? No, just a little makes, different in that way. Yeah, it makes absolutely yeah. perfect sense. They're they're complementing each other, even though they have similar similar traits as a running back being all purpose. They complement each other the way they run. Yeah, and so that that would be perfect for Dylan McCullough. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and I, I think that it would be a, it would be a very interesting, uh, it would be a very interesting pairing in my in my opinion too. Ninety nine problems because I, I think that they are similar in the sense that you can be versatile with them, but they're different in the sense of how they work together. And I think that you could use both those players in the backfield together. I mean, I really do. So. I like Darian Dupree. Again, I just think it depends on what the number is for Notre Dame, ultimately. And there's a couple talented running backs on the board, but I do think that there's – I think that they would be in a good spot with Dupree if they could take a second running back. So we'll see what the numbers are. And I think that they really like him, obviously. like They wouldn't extend the offer to him if they didn't like him. And to your point, Sean, it was looking like a pure Midwest conversation for Darian Dupree, the Iowas, mm-hmm. the Wisconsins of the world. I know you mentioned Michigan at one point, I believe, as well. But now the SEC schools are coming in, man. So it could change. It could not. We'll see what happens. But I do like Darian Dupree. I'm glad that we started out with him, obviously, yeah. on this podcast. Wide receiver, Sean. We got three of them to get to. Mm-hmm. Some sneaky offers that are coming out recently at the wide receiver unit. I mean, there was one today of a young man – out of the state of California that I thought was very intriguing. Yeah. Uh, but Chancey Stuckey's been offering. But this is a young man that was offered, again, like a little less than two weeks ago now. Want to talk about Terrence Moore, TJ Moore, as, as is his nickname, obviously. TJ Moore is a 6'3", 190 pounds wide receiver out of Tampa Bay Catholic High School. This kid, I, Sean, I'm just going to start playing the film, man, because there, there's some uh, – there's some, there's some stuff to watch here, man. I mean, I'll just put it like that. I want people to kind of see this, you know, for themselves. Because I mean, at first I was like, this is a little wild, man. So again, six three, 190 pounds, Tampa, Tampa Bay Catholic. He is very long and springy. I think is the best way to put this. I mean, look at this first highlight on the film, Sean. Look at the, look at this one-handed grab that he starts us out with here. That thing. That'll Touch work. nothing but fingertips, and he hold that thing in, man. You want to talk about hand strength? This kid has hand strength, and he has length. See a little flexibility there as well? This kid's smooth, man. This kid's really, really smooth. He's impressive. I mean, here's another one-handed catch that he bounces up to himself. I didn't know anything about this kid before they offered him, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're working with a little something here. There's a little something here, I think, from TJ Moore. You have to feel encouraged about – how this position is being evaluated when you pop on the film of the guys that they're offering, right? That's what we sit back and wait for. Like, okay, who are they offering? And then you pop on the film of these guys, whether it's wide receiver, defensive back, and you're saying, okay, okay, somebody has really good eyes when they view these films for these young guys. But, but Sean, he's only a three-star recruit, man. He can't be good. It's impossible. It's impossible for this young man to be good. Which is so funny. You know who he reminds me of, Sean? The, the first person that came to my mind. He reminds me a lot of George Pickens. 
And again, not comparing mm. him necessarily to George. I'm not saying he's going to be George Pickens because George Pickens was a five-star recruit coming to Georgia, right? Wait, I mean, wait, wait. Say, yeah. Is he tiptoeing this? Does he get oh, both yeah. feet in? With he one gets- head, John. With one head. And you know what's wild is, you know, sometimes kids put stuff in their highlight tape. You're just like, why is that on a highlight tape? My guy has 12 minutes of just him dogging dudes, like just dogging. I mean, honestly, it's it's not like, wow, that play shouldn't be in there. That play shouldn't be in there. He's got a 12-minute highlight tape of just this. Just, It's wild, Sean. It's absolutely wild. These are the type of receivers that help your quarterback development. You, you, Ryan, you know what I'm saying? Catch radius, man. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. how easy was it for uh, C.J. Stroud to develop with the wide receivers he had? These guys are five yards open just about every play. That's that's pretty good development. Yes. Look at that not, might not play on the next next level, but that's look. Yeah. I mean, and, and you see that body control on that last one. Again, he's a big wide receiver, man. And he's able to just stop on a dime like that. He is yeah, guys are people are saying in the chat now. Yeah, this is a this is a kid that's rated as a three star. He's not rated as a four star anywhere right now, which I think will change very quickly. He's he's not the fastest guy in the world, Sean. I think that he is a long strider, obviously. I wouldn't say that he has great dynamic speed, but just that catch radius and that that stride length he has, he's smooth too, man. Like I don't think he's tight. Like some guys, sometimes guys are a little tall and they struggle to change direction a little bit. But, but I I don't see that in this kid. This kid kind of smooth, he's really smooth in and out of breaks and at the end of the day, man, that catch radius, you can't teach that, right? Like, you can't yeah. teach being as long as he is. And here he is on a kickoff return showing that, you know, he he can get going a little bit. When he opens that stride up, he can run a little bit. I don't think he's – again, I don't think he's like – this isn't like a 4-4 kid in my opinion, right? Like, this is probably more a high 4-5, 4-6 type of runner. But it doesn't matter because he's so long and those strides are so long. He is – he's bananas, man, bananas. Someone just said his focus when when – being a contested catches for the ball is awesome. And a hundred percent, this kid is a contested catch dynamo is what I would call this kid. Oh no. Oh, that's just embarrassing. I, he didn't have to do that young man like that. He could have gone up with two. Oh, he catches better with one hand than most kids do with three. I mean, do it two, <laughs> do it three. I was like, we got three handed <laughs> kids in a 24 class. <laughs> Losing my mind today, man. Losing oh man. Oh, the cut yeah. back. And again, I think he's he's got some competitiveness to him. He's got that long stride. But again, man, at the end of the here he is playing defense on the defense uh, defense side of the ball, playing safety. Here's an interception that he's going to take back to the house. Great hands, just great hand strength. It's wild to watch him play. Watching him, he wears number five. Yep, he has a little T Higgins in him. That's not bad either. It's not bad. It's Especially not bad, going up, attacking the ball in the air. And just being smooth. Like, that's when you see T. Higgins, he's just smooth. Like, Did tall, you see that, long. See that touchdown smooth. he had today, uh, yesterday? Uh, man, yesterday? Just, <laughs> just young boy in the kid, man. It's embarrassing. He he was literally just, he was he was against, in the T. Higgins catch yesterday, he was working against a 6'1 and a half corner and a safety that's 6'1. And he just, like, he did a thing where, like, you know, when you're playing, you're playing with, like, your, nephew or your child mm-hmm. or something you just hold the ball high you're like oh, you can't get it you can't get right. it that's t higgins man that was t higgins yesterday and tj moore does have a little of that in his game i like that one sean that's a good comp i'm not you know i'm not the comp 
champ that you are. It's good though, like, man. You know, I like it. It's yeah, man. He's and again, I think he's pretty smooth. Like I, I don't think that he's tight with his hips. And I mean, here he is again, toeing that back. <laughs> he's a bully, man. He's a bully. He's a little bit of a bully. <laughs> you know the crazy thing? I don't think he's. I don't think the quarterback play is all of that for his team. Just watching the highlights. This is, and I think you said it already. This is a kid that makes every wide quarterback better. Yes. You, you are, I mean, like literally the best receivers in the NFL, you're always just like, oh, he's down there somewhere. Yeah. TJ Moore's yeah. down there somewhere. Just get it up, man. Just get it up. And I, I think well, from what we've heard too from people near TJ is that, oh, there's a nice little block, not going to do to the grounds yet for a touchdown. There is, I think, a lot. Of, I think there is interest from TJ Moore on his side in Notre Dame. Obviously, he's never been to Notre Dame at this point, but I believe that there is there is something behind this one a little bit. I think this one's a long way to go. Obviously, I mean, like you said, Sean. Like actually, that was a decent throw, but for the most part, quarterback play isn't great either. And he just he makes a lot of good things happen with less than ideal quarterback play. I mean, there he is coming out of the breaks and again. He gets out of breaks. Able to run that comeback very smoothly to the boundary. Here he is to the field, being able to run just a in, in, little inside dig route. Here he is after the catch. Oh, look at the body control, man. Oh, makes the second guy look bad in space. Tough time, tough guy. Oh, takes three guys to take him down. There, yeah, yep. He's able to stack the guy here for an easy catch. Almost scores a touchdown there. I mean, this is literally 12 minutes of this. It, it, it's really good highlights for 12 minutes. There he is on a little bit of a technically been out and up, but it's it's a leak, a little leak route is what we'll call it. Just trying to get him isolated there on the backside. Here he is on the reverse action, taking the football outside. Woo, smooth, man. Oh, no. He hurtled someone, too. He hurtled someone, Sean. He hurtled someone, man. You know what I'm interested in, Ryan? Mm-hmm. You lose the battle, and uh-huh. this happens in recruiting. You lose the battle for Keon Keeley, but you bring attention in that area to Notre Dame. Uh, speaking of Keon Keeley, I think this is is this no, maybe not. Sorry, God, I I thought I thought maybe that was Ke, uh, Keon's school, but I was wrong. I, it no, that's not. A, I, someone said there was a highlight in here where he was playing against Keon's school, though. Yes, yes, but I my did point, see that my, one. My point is, now you've established Notre Dame in the area. And I'm sure he's very aware of Keon's recruitment to Notre Dame. And he's at a private school just like Keon was. So I'm sure he does have interest. Now you're in the area. You have Notre Dame buzzing in the area. That's very important for the classes to come. Right? So even though you lost Keon, Keon was a doorway or could eventually end up being a doorway to other athletes at private schools in the Tampa area. Yep. Agree. Agree. And again, man, I I really like it, Sean, because he he gets in and out of breaks well, man. He really he does. does. He for a bigger because again, that's something that wide receivers of his size can struggle at times, man. Like yeah. they struggle to drop their weights and get in and out of cuts and you know be able to be effective route runners. But you see some of that in his game. Does it need to get a little better and a little more nuanced? Of course. But I mean he's a junior in high school. What junior in high school does doesn't have to improve, right? Like they all yeah. have to improve. So yeah. very interesting football player though. We're not going to play the whole 12 minute highlight tape because, you know, we got a show to get through, but TJ Moore, man, really talented receiver. Wide receivers in 2024 so far, Notre Dame 
Has a commitment from Cam Williams. Again, right in Sean's backyard out of the Chicago area, who's a top 20 player in the country by some. Five-star potential recruit, I believe. I mean, I think he's that good. You're going to hear names like Ryan Wingo that are out there, obviously. I have St. Louis U, is a really talented football player. Brudell Richardson, who just dropped his top eight over the weekend. Notre Dame was included in that top eight. Emmett Mosley, who's a double legacy at Notre Dame. Josiah Brown, who's a speedster out of New York, has a track background. But there's a lot of Jalen Hornsby, a guy out of New Jersey that we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes. Jeremiah McClellan out of Christian Brothers in St. Louis is another player. But they keep expanding this board too, Sean, to guys like TJ Moore, to Daniel Freitag, who we're going to talk about as well during the show. David Washington out of Nevada was a guy that was just just offered pretty recently here. You had Quasi Gilmer out of California, who was the kid I was talking about earlier that was just just given an offer to by Notre Dame. So a lot of really talented football players, Sean. I think the what we're trying to say here, though, is that Notre Dame just had a tremendous four-man class in 2023. Jaden Greathouse, Braylon James, Rico Flores Jr., Caleb Smith are guys that we talked about a ton. Notre Dame has a chance to double up here, man. And Chancey yeah. Stuckey has a chance to pull in a really impressive wide receiver group because he's finding guys like this that are a little bit under the radar but are really talented football players. You know, what? when I talked to him, I remember when he first arrived and he talked about having a basketball team on grass, in a sense, right? Yeah. And having a guy that was just a dog that would pretty much be your point guard but needing a wing player that was just that was a little bit longer that had the same mentality. And then building around that, having a red zone guy that's like a, a, a five. Right, they can go up, and then the four. He wanted it to be like a stretch four, a guy that could go up and get those balls, but could still run after the catch and at that size. So what we've seen from, or what we're seeing in the the guys that he's pursuing in the twenty four class, is that diversity, right? Because I feel like Morris is a dog. He's a wing. He would be like a three, like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, just long and, and just a dog. Just give me the ball anywhere, anytime on the field. And we feel the same way about Jaden Greathouse, you know, with his size and the way he plays the game. So, you know, stacking guys like that, regardless of their star ranking. And that's what you have to love. You know, coaches that are, be able, that are able to watch film and not look at, look, if I didn't give you a name, I didn't give you a ranking here. What do you think about this guy? And for me, Notre Dame has a pretty good collection of at least four guys on their staff that I think are t- great at talent evaluation. That's just my opinion. I couldn't hit the unmute button, man. It was just <laughs> awful. It was terrible. But I agree with you. I really do agree with you. I think that there's great evaluation that's happening, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because – I mean, Sean, anybody can watch Micah Hudson, right? Anybody can watch Brian Wingo and be like, you know what? That guy's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. <laughs> They're five stars for a reason, man. They're incredibly talented. Players like that are what makes the staff, I think, separate a little bit. And what Chancey Stuckey's been doing over the last couple of weeks with some of these offers, man, I really like a lot of them. I really do. So I agree. Let's, go to, let's go to a next wide receiver that is right in my backyard, Camden High. High school here in New Jersey. 
Mr. Jalen Hornsby, who's also a really good basketball player, Sean. For people that don't know much about New Jersey, Camden High is usually very good at basketball. Very good mm-hmm. at basketball. Pretty consistently good at football as well. We talked about Ryan Wingo a ton, Sean. And Ryan Wingo is kind of that big-bodied, physical outside receiver that can that can work vertically and kind of use yeah. the size. And he does a lot of great things, obviously, which is why he is one of the top targets on the board for Notre Dame in 2024 wide receiver out of St. Louis University. Jalen Hornsby, though, although I'm, I would never say that he's as good as Ryan Wingo because, I mean, again, we're, we're not going to be unrealistic here, right? Ryan Wingo's a dude. But Jalen Hornsby does play a lot like Ryan Wingo, in my opinion. I think there are similar qualities to what he does, and he's rated as a three-star recruit by a couple different platforms. So let's pop on some Jalen Hornsby film. Again, wide receiver out of Camden, New Jersey. So we can take a look at a little what makes him a really talented football player. Again, high school football and basketball player out of Camden. I think the first thing you see, Sean, is that similar body type to what I said about Wingo, 6'2", 190, 195 pounds. You see that springiness he has as an athlete, man. The ability to contort his body and and be able to come down with some really highly contested throws. I mean, you see the body control there I think is really something fun. He's a different body type than a TJ Moore, Sean, but like to your conversation about finding that three as a wide receiver, I think that he can do a little bit of that stuff too. You know, he's a guy that can win above the rim, very long, explosive, really talented football player in my estimation. I mean, we're looking at him down here at the bottom of the screen, him working outside the numbers. I don't think he's a burner. I think he's got good speed, not great speed. You see him separate there at the end. I think he's got some acceleration to him. But he plays a physical brand of football, man. Outside the numbers, kid. I really like Jalen Hornsby, Sean. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but like, I think this is a really talented football player for what he is. Would you think that he's more of a slot guy for Notre Dame, running after the catch, screen type guy? Not, not as much. I actually think he's more of a he's a W in their offense, which is the boundary receiver, because I think that okay. he he really does well working down the field. I don't think he's incredibly. Like, I don't think he's, like, incredibly fluid. I think he's pretty fluid, but I think he's a vertical base receiver. Like, he's going to attack down the field, be able to stretch the defense a little bit. That's what I see with Jalen. I like his run-after-the-catch ability. That's what I like, and his toughness. Yeah. That's what I like. And I think the boundary, that's perfect. Like you said, him being a boundary guy, I think that's his fit, his size, and his ability to go up, high-point the ball, and run after the catch. Man, Okay. Yeah, I like this kid a lot. Yeah, man, I like him too. Again, I mean, he lives literally half an hour from where I live. I mean, Camden's not far at all. I actually used to live in Maple Shade, which was like 15 minutes from Camden. Like, it was very close. Here's him playing defense too, man. Gets him come off the edge a little bit here, Jalen Hornsby. All right, he's more of a hustle player on defense. He's not really a defender. But it's it's still works, man. Show your versatility a little bit. Here he is after the catch, Sean. Like you said, little screen pass. And for people that t- t- don't know, no, uh, don't know New Jersey football, Camden doesn't play the best competition. It's not the lowest level in New Jersey. It's I, I forget if they're a Group Two or Group Three school, but I mean they're playing they're playing good teams. They're not playing great teams though. And he, there's it's a South Jersey school. The better football is is played for the most part in North Jersey. So he's not playing the greatest competition, but I think you see again, athletic traits wise, he has the size, physicality. He's got he's got some explosiveness to him too, which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, would you say evaluation 
that this position is easier or more difficult based upon the different levels of quarterback play that some of these guys are dealing with? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think that it, it really does depend for me. I, I think I think it actually can be a little easier, though, Sean, honestly, because, I mean, some of these guys are asked to do some ridiculous body control stuff with the quarterbacks yeah. that they play with, right? Like they don't, yeah. some of them don't play with a good quarterback at all. So there's nothing that's right on the numbers. There's nothing that's leading them up the field. Like they have to contort their bodies in a different way, show body control, make contested catches. And yeah. honestly, a guy like Jalen Hornsby, I think some will underestimate his speed a little bit because there's some balls yeah. where he has to come back to. And I remember people in the summer when I was watching A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, some people were like, oh, A.T. Perry can't run. He's a little bit slow. And I'm just like, eh, I don't think he's slow. I, I think he's not the fastest guy in the world. But there's you know, some balls that he has to come back to, which kind of make him look like he's not running maybe as fast as some receivers that create easy separation that are playing with great quarterback play, right? So I think there's context to all that conversation. I do think that there is – I think that there's an understanding that not everybody is playing with a – division one quarterback right you're not playing with a fbs level quarterback in a lot of instances so i think that that's really what you're seeing with jalen hornsby he doesn't play with a great he doesn't play with great talent around him plays with good talent and he doesn't play against great talent but i do think that he brings a lot of the qualities that people like in a ryan wingo for instance like i mentioned ryan wingo already he's a guy that i think is incredibly interesting sean but Sean, I would say this too. We had another really interesting wide receiver that's on the board and a very intriguing backstory. So I think this conversation is going to be really interesting. That's Daniel Freetag, who is a wide receiver out of Jefferson High School in Bloomington, Minnesota. So Sean, this is a young man that got onto the radar pretty quickly here. It was about a week and a half ago, I believe. I think it was Tommy Reese that went out to see him at a basketball game mm-hmm. because for people that don't know, while Daniel Freetag may be a very talented wide receiver, he's also a top hunter national recruit in basketball. Like, this is a legit four-star kid that has a lot of division one interests, right? He's the a next, next Jalen Suggs from up there, right? I mean, he might be, man. I mean, kid's really talented. So let, let's let's take a look. We're going to pop on the film of Daniel Freetang, and we'll talk a little bit about his basketball background as well. And, and Sean, maybe we'll pop on some basketball highlights, man, uh, which will be, uh, I think, a little bit of a fun time. So this is Daniel Freetag, who is a wide receiver out of Jefferson High School in Minnesota. I think immediately you'll see just a really good all-around athlete, in my opinion. Really good all-around athlete. I mean, he's... Sean, for me, I mean, I think that his foot speed's pretty good, but like he's very flexible. He's quick. He's got some speed to him. A little bit of a raw as a football player, because I do think he's a little bit more of a basketball player than he is a football player right now. But there are some athletic traits to work here, man, in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree with that, right? And we go back to some of the guys that were top 100 basketball players that eventually chose basketball. I'll be honest. You know, I watched his film on the football field, I was like, oh, yeah, he can play. And you can see him still developing and getting better because I think his ceiling is really high at the position because, you know, he still has to learn some things. I think he's more natural at basketball. The game comes a little bit more naturally for him as far as receiving. Yep. 
he's just physically look out there. Look at that throw, though, man. It was look a at nice that throw. throw. <laughs> well, Sean, let me ask you this, man, because I know you have a basketball background. Mm-hmm. For you, what are some things that you think basketball helps f- with football, in your opinion? Like, what, what translates to the field, I guess is my question. Well, your release as a wide receiver, number one, right? It's very similar to you trying to get space and get free to make a move or get to the rim. It's very same concept. And so when I'm talking to Chancey Stuckey and he's saying that he prefers guys that play basketball as receivers, I understand why. Because, you know, when you're at the line of scrimmage and you're going against bump and run coverage, which is what you're going to face against the best teams, you know, on your schedule, you have to be able to get away from that coverage and get into your route to help out your quarterback. And I think that's the number one thing, like footwork, uh, quickness in short spaces and being able to get a good release and get into your route. That's number one for me. And then on top of that, the ability to go up vertically and body control is another thing that transfers over from basketball, whether it's taking contact, finishing at the rim. It's the same thing. We're going up, making contact and being able to come up and high point the ball and come down with it. It's a similar thing. So that's the top two things that I would say, for me, that transfer over from basketball to playing uh, football, specifically at the wide receiver position. And it, you know what's fun about free tag is like you're seeing a little bit of everything on his film, Sean. Like you saw the contested catch, the ability to you know use his body in the air, which is stuff that you talked about, right? I think you see some flexibility, some springiness. Blocking is something that he does pretty well, a good job of, man. Like he's blocking here, blocking his tail off. Also plays defensive side of the football a little bit. So I think this is a pretty multifaceted football player. I think that he has a lot of athletic traits to work with. And I actually wanted to try, as I pull this up here, I I think I want to pull up a little bit of his basketball highlights. I think that that would be a really fun time. So as I work through that, Sean, again, I think that there's – and I think this conversation goes back to what we were speaking about with Chancey Stuckey really being able to understand the – I think that he really has a great eye for talent, Coach Stuckey, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he found Caleb Smith. That was a guy that he was you know, very quickly kind of found in the 2023 class. I think that for me, and you're seeing the wide receivers, some of the guys that he's finding on the trail right now over the last couple of weeks, really underrated football players. So I think what Daniel Freytag is, but one thing that we need to talk about with him is to try to find some basketball highlights to try to get his, you know, kind of game to, to put yeah. into full context is yeah. that he'll, he's going to have a decision to make, you know, like he's going to have yeah. a decision on basketball, football, because he does want to try to play both, but we know that that is – it's a little bit of a funky conversation with Notre Dame right now because you're getting a new head coach, right? It's a transitional era. So it's going to be very interesting recruitment in my opinion. In my opinion, though, it opens up a very important conversation that needs to be had, and that is how this apparel deal is connected to recruiting. Yeah, maybe not so much from a football standpoint because I believe the armor Under Armour deal, they've done a great job of creating some very nice uniforms and combinations that I think have been appealing, and I don't think a recruiting has been impacted that much. Notre Dame has been able to recruit, and they can recruit with Marcus Freeman with Under Armour, 
Sure. Notre Dame moving this program from Mike Bray into the future from a basketball standpoint now has to think about the bigger picture. What brand is going to allow is going to allow everyone to be able to bring in top recruits, not just the football team, right? You know the football team has sustained. You know women's basketball has sustained, and up to a certain point. The basketball team under Mike Bray were able to sustain when they were getting to Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteens. Now, what can help the basketball team and the new coach coming in, right? Because more than anything, basketball coaches are tied to shoe deals more than anybody. Men's basketball is tied to shoe deals and apparel more than anybody. And you, if you're going after a top guy, more than likely, unless they go get Inglesby, I think he's at Delaware right now, coaching. Um, and he came up under Mike Bray if they want to go that route. But uh, someone asked me, would Jay Wright come out of retirement? I'm like, Jay Wright's a Nike coach. He's not coming here to be under an Under Armour deal. I can tell you that right now. And if you go get another coach that has a, a Nike deal or a deal with somebody else, that's going to be a difficult task. So now the apparel deal, the upcoming new apparel deal, is going to be very important because it's really a blending of all the athletics and how everyone can be benefited. Baseball, basketball, women's basketball, football. It's not just thinking about Notre Dame football. This is really about the collective moving forward and it impacts recruiting. Maybe not so much one program in relation to the other, but it really does impact recruiting. So with a guy like Daniel Freetag, who is a top 100 basketball player, that basketball brand is going to be more appealing to him because that's his – if he was leaning one way, I would probably say he would probably lean towards basketball just because of him sure. being a top 100 player, having Jalen Suggs in front of him that took the same path, right – that's probably where he's leaning. And a school that he's able to play both, you know, both will have to have attractive branding. Yes. In my opinion. And it's recruiting. And that's why the apparel deal, that's why I brought up the apparel deal for a kid like this. It comes into play where it might not come into play with other recruits. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, man. Because, again, I mean, this is a kid that wants to play both the next level, Sean. I'm going to pop up just a, one game of his highlights. and then, I, But I promise there's more basketball highlights coming for you guys on very shortly here. So, again, this is just a game highlight of Daniel, who is averaging over 30 points a game as a basketball player. Top 100 player, like Sean said, four-star recruit. He's a he's – a, so I saw one game he had seven three-pointers in a game, too. So he's a little bit of a sharpshooter, man. He's an outside-oriented kid, but as you see, he can also work inside with pretty good footwork. Here he is coming off the screen, being able to penetrate. Oh, he's got a little reverse layup there. There he is to the – oh, look at that finish. Look at that finish at the hoop. That was good body control right there to finish. Yeah. Oh, look at the step back. Oh, no. Oh. So we, we've already seen the footwork. In the post, we already saw it getting loose with the step back and the body of control to finish at the rim. So those yeah, are three things that we saw right there that are transferable over to the football field and which shows you why a lot of people think he has a lot of upside at that position. Yep, and it's going to be an interesting, obviously, conversation because when I when I first talked to Daniel after he got um, it, where he first got the offer, Sean, he had met. He told me that the staff had mentioned obviously the ability to play both, but that's something where like the Notre Dame 
football departments and the Notre Dame basketball side of things, they have to work as a collective to make that stuff work, right? Like that's yeah. not an easy thing to figure out. Like you have to work on schedules, right. workout plans, like the nutrition side of things. Like because basketball was going to want your body to look a little bit different than what a football player is going to look like at times, right? So there's a lot. There's a lot that's going to go into that conversation. I don't know if he's going to end up with Notre Dame. It's it's, but there is interest there, obviously, which is why they made it a a point to not only get out to a basketball game offer him, but also to visit his school again this past week. So yeah. there's been conversation obviously, and he's a very interesting football player, I think. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's a very talented football player, Dave free tag out of Minnesota, Jefferson high school that Notre Dame has their eyes on. Sean, moving on to a tight end. I guess what tight end we're talking about today. Ooh-wee. I saw it on the rundown and said, yes, sir. Play those highlights. Please play those highlights. Oh, man, we are. I'm going to play the football highlights. I'm also going to play some basketball highlights at some point here as well. So we're going to talk about Carter Nelson, who if anybody's heard this show, they know that I'm a little bit annoying with Carter Nelson. And it's fine, man. I can be a little annoying with him. It's fine. Carter Nelson, who is starting to get more adequately rated. He's out of Ainsworth High School in the state of Nebraska. He is taught, he is rated as a top 150 recruit by one platform, but there's two different platforms. I think they saw him as a three star. There's another that has him as like a top 300 player, but barely. Very talented player though. So and then Notre Dame likes a ton. Plays eight man football in the state of Nebraska. But I'm going to play the highlights because honestly, this is some of the most silly highlights that we're going to watch today. It really is. He, he is a man amongst boys it, with. In the in the area that he plays, and uh, yeah, Sean, let's have a good time here, man. We're gonna have a good time with Mr. Carter Nelson. Here we go. Let's get to it. Let's do it, man. First thing you're gonna notice about Carter Nelson is he does everything for his team, literally everything. There he is on on a block, taking down the wing. Here he is as a running back. Cause why not? I may have actually picked the wrong. Oh, there's another block. I think that I might have put the wrong highlights. This might be a sophomore highlights, I think. Yeah, this is a sophomore highlights. Let me get the better highlights up here, Sean. But Sean, 6'5", 210 pounds as I get these highlights up. I mean, it's it's a kind of bananas, honestly, to watch him a little bit, Sean, because this is one of the better athletes that we're talking about today. 6'5", 210 pounds. He is a legit jumper in – in, in the high jump on the track, in track and field. Seven-foot high jumper, eight-man football, 13-8 in the pole vaults, 11 flat in the 100 meter. He's also a really good basketball player. His dad coaches is the high school head basketball, it, uh, the head coach for the high school basketball team. So Carter Nelson's a really talented player as I pull this up. Yo, Carter Nelson has been one of the biggest joys a film watching that I've done over the last couple of months. Like when he was introduced to me by Double R, I just couldn't believe. It's like, yo, what did you just send me? <laughs> like, there's no way this is real. And I'm not even talking about the football film. I'm talking about everything else, whether it's track and field or basketball. I'm like, there's no way this kid is doing this. And the records he was breaking, he was breaking records as a freshman. Yeah. As a freshman in high school. And I'm the benefit of playing 
the type of football that he plays is that he's so used to being in space. Like, oh man, if that's the type of tight end Notre Dame needs. Yes. Like a space guy. Let me get into space, move around, beat you, run these type of routes, run end arounds. And then you can complement that with the guys they already have in the tight end room. Now, Jack Larson is a space guy as well. Yes. He He's a space guy, big time space guy. Not as big, but has receiving skills. And man, Jack Larson can make some tough catches. If you watch his film from last year, he makes tough catches at clutch moments in football games. Ricardo Nelson, he's different. Like he's yes. he's just different. And here are some of his highlights now. Again, sorry about that little uh, momentary pivot here. Here's his junior highlight, which is the more impressive. Sean, so he plays safety and linebacker for his team. He plays tight end. He plays wide receiver. He's also their leader in touchdown passes on the team, throwing 15 touchdowns, leading rusher. I mean, you see him all over the place, man. The length pops. He's athletic as everything. Here he is just kind of casually winning down the field with the length and upside that he has. It's It took that quarterback every ounce of strength to get that ball out there. Yes, and, and someone just said he's bigger than everyone on that field. Yes, he is, and he's yes, he still is. needs to grow, man. Like he's only 210, 215 pounds right now. Just wait until he's two hundred and fifty. You know that'll happen quick because he's got a long athletic frame. I mean, it's just it's silly stuff. Here he is as a wildcat quarterback, and it's just child's play. You know, he's doing what he's supposed to do at this level. Did you see that route too, Sean? Like that was a yeah. fantastic route, and. There's rawness to him, right? Because, yep. I mean, the point blank period to it, and I know people are going to say this, and it, it's fair. He's playing eight-man yeah. football. He's the yeah. best player on the field every time he touches the football. He doesn't have to be technically perfect every time because he can do this. He doesn't have to be technically perfect. He's the best athlete on the field. There's no doubt. So there's some rawness to his game. I think you see kind of he doesn't have to run hard to kind of win down the field. He doesn't have to win – you know, he doesn't have to work hard. I, I shouldn't say work hard. He doesn't have the urgency in how he plays a football game because at the end of the day, he can just jump higher than everyone. He can run faster than everyone. It's just that's what we're looking at. Here's a interception that he takes back for six. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to quantify it. Superlatives. I mean, Sean, look at that last one, man. That last one, literally, he gets an easy release off the line of scrimmage. They are bracketing him, and they can't stop him. There he is, easily running past the defense. Again, 6'5", 210 pounds, working outside the number. Here he is playing Wildcat quarterback, kind of gives him a little shimmy at the top, and then he's able to turn on the Jets, win down the sideline. No one touches him. And I know, again, some people are say, but he doesn't play a great competition. He plays eight-man football. And you're, and you're not wrong. You're not. But then you look at what he does on the basketball court. You look there at you what go. he does on the track, on the, the track as a jumper. I mean, he's a seven-foot high jumper. Like, that stuff doesn't matter who you're playing against. The kid can jump out the gym. Like, that's the facts of it, right? The kid can fly. There's a lot of – I mean, it's just easy. It's an easy evaluation, right? Because he's just – he's a different type of athlete. You don't get these type of dudes every day. Like, they're just not a ton that look like this. I mean, honestly. I mean, as silly as that sounds, man, like, he's just – he's a different type of animal. So, yeah. I mean, I think that for me – Didn't the Colson kid – from South Dakota, 
that's on Michigan squad. He came from a similar background. Was playing like less so. than uh, yeah, eight on eight. So and he turned out to be pretty good. Yes, yes, he did. As tight end as so. You know, sometimes you have to look beyond those things that we normally use to quantify whether or not somebody's good, like competition, and you just find special talent. Uh, Colson Loveland, that's his name. I'm sorry. Loveland. Uh, Colson Loveland, yeah. Oh, oh, the tight end. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, you're correct. Yep. He's from South Dakota. I think they have a similar high school format. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 very interesting too, Sean, because, I mean, to your point, right, this is a young man who and, – and I always talk about this even in the – world for the NFL draft because some people will be like, oh, you know, but he's a FCS kid. He's a Division II kid. How do you know he's going to translate? But then you look at like the athletic background of kids sometimes. You're just like, how do I know that Carter Nelson is going to translate? It's because yeah. all he does outside of football. I mean, the athleticism kind of just speaks for itself, man. Like the kid's a freak show from a talent perspective. Yeah. I mean, there's just literally no – there's no limits of what he can do, I think, as a football player. And you, you're going to see his name – you're going to see Walter Matthews out of Georgia. You're going to see Jaden Reddle out of Missouri. There's a there's kind of a conversation piece on who's potentially the second tight end in the class to join Jack Larson. Yeah, I think Carter Nelson makes a lot of sense. I think Walter Matthews makes a lot of sense. I think Jaden Reddell would make a lot of sense. I don't think there's a wrong answer to that conversation, but I'm not going to lie. This kid's a this kid's an early favorite of mine, man. I really like Carter Nelson a lot because he's just a freak athlete in my opinion, just absolute freak. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And he's different. Very different. I don't care what I don't care what anyone says, man. Anytime you find different on the recruiting trail, you try your darnest to get him. Yes, he's different. Forget competition, all that, man. He's different. He's just athletically different, right? Yeah. You you watched Dante Moore throw a football this down in San Antonio. He's yeah. just different. Yep. He just he's different when it comes out of his hand. So. That's what you look for. No matter what the position is, you look for different. And when you find it, try to get it to South Bend. So kudos to Chancey Stuckey. And not only Chancey Stuckey, but everyone in the staff that are going Jared out Parker. and identifying. Jared Parker, Mike Mickens, everybody that's going out and identifying these difference makers, man. And, and, and the conversation too, Sean, is you know how much do they like 
Carter Nelson? Well, they've been out to Ainsworth, Nebraska twice already over the last few weeks. And for people that don't know and haven't heard, seen it on the message board, it's not the easiest place to get to. It's not the easiest place to get to. It it took – so Co- Coach Parker has flown into Sioux Falls and drove four hours to Ainsworth, visited with the coaches obviously in Ainsworth, and then has to drive four hours back to Sioux Falls, Sean, just to get back on a flight. So – Yes, they like him a lot. There's no doubt about it. He's a really talented football player. I'm trying to find the basketball highlights. I had it queued up, but I think I exited it out by accident. And he, I mean, we got to watch these basketball highlights, though, Sean, because they are some of the most just, like, I I shake my head watching him play basketball because I'm just like, it's not very fair to watch this kid play basketball because he just, he's a freak, man. He is an absolute freak, but. Sean, here, here's a question, though, as I kind of pull this up. Some people have asked this already. Do you take three tight ends in this class if two more want to come? If two more of the top three players that we've been talking about, Walter Matthews, Carter Nelson, Jaden Reddle, do you take three to pair with a Jack Larson in the class already, if you can? It's hard for me to turn down top talent. It's, yeah. it's just we we had a similar situation, I know, you know, it didn't play out, you know, where people were questioning whether or not Notre Dame would take more offensive linemen in the 23 class. Yeah. You know, and it's like, first of all, shut up, number one. <laughs> and then number two, it's like, yo, when you get elite talent, you figure out the scholarships later. Just get the guy, dude, Georgia had three top-notch tight ends on their roster this year. One was just injured, right? Otherwise, the rotation would have been crazier than it was. So you don't short yourself on acquiring talent in your room. You don't get two guys and then say, well, you know, we can kind of take a a project here. No, give me three guys over two guys in a project. If I got a chance to get three guys, give me the three guys. So – it's all about the numbers and what they want to do and how things are looking at other positions in the class. You know, does that connect to whether or not they take a second running back? Right. So now the debate is one of those tight ends or just for the sake of using a name, Darian Dupree. Now it's like, okay, you know, now you got Dylan McCullough and Jared Parker in the coach's room arguing back and forth and debating why one or the other should really be added to the class. So yeah, and I'm just man, I'm just trying to find this where was this basketball highlight tape, man? I had it queued up earlier, Sean. I'm very upset right now, man, because I, I need to show this to everyone. I need to because it's one it's some of the most hilarious stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like it really is. I mean I Sean saw like there's in the chat ask if it if it was four on four since this is Nebraska. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I think funny. they play five on five. They definitely play five on five, but that's very funny though. That is absolutely hysterical. I think I found it. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Found it right on time because the antibiotic conversation going on in the chat is crazy. Right the, the what? <laughs> the what? Don't even worry about it. There's an antibiotic conversation. Yeah, they, yeah. It's like yo, I, I don't, I don't understand. Is it salty starting it? Salty start this conversation. I would guess it. Well, salty, salty might have been the one. 
Yeah, yeah, he's all, he's always the one that starts the weird conversations, man. Always starts the weird conversations. Either him or Tommy Guns. All right, so here here's some basketball highlights for you folks. So they started out this highlight tape by just showing all his two pointers, right? All the two point shots that he made, but didn't include any of the dunks. So don't worry, folks. We're gonna get to the dunks here in a second. I mean, Sean, I think that you'll see. I mean, look at that, man. Look at that. <laughs> look at that body control going up there. Look at all, oh man. It's <laughs> Tommy said he's driving three star. He's driving twelve hours for that three star receiver. That's funny. That's really funny. But I think when you get to the dunks, especially, you're gonna see. You're, you're gonna see how special of an athlete this kid is. Again, 6'5", 210, 215 pounds. Size profile that's I think he's either easily gonna carry 250 pounds. Like there's no doubt about it. He's got a little turnaround jumper there, Sean, which is nice to see. Averaged, I think, 13 points a game, nine rebounds, three blocks, or something like that as a sophomore. He's playing as a junior, obviously. Now his father is the head coach of the basketball team, also an assistant coach for his football team, Jake Nelson, who's a really great guy, by the way. But here he is, Sean, in transition, able to spin, finish through contact. There he is just running past the dude. Again, man, we're we're waiting for the dunks here in a second, folks. We're waiting for the dunks because there is some ridiculousness that is happening here. Some ridiculousness. Now, if I if I were viewing this as a basketball analyst, I would be mad at him right now because I would be saying, "Look, stop laying the ball up on these dudes. <laughs> you turn baseline, put it on their head, intimidate them. Are you being I, too nice?" And, and he's Sean, still, he's only he's a he's a sophomore on his on this film, so yeah. Well, and Sean, I mean, obviously, I, I watched the first couple minutes of this. I was like, why is he not dunking on these dudes, man? It seems like he could. And then you see the second section where you're like, oh, <laughs> there were plenty of dunking happening in yeah. Greensworth this year. And if he only averages 13 points, then he's a heck of a uh, team player. I'll just yes. leave it at that. And here comes the show, folks. Here comes the show. Again, he's a sophomore here. Not a junior. He's a sophomore. Was dealing with a little bit of a high ankle sprain during the basketball season so far this year, but he's getting back healthy now. Wait a minute, did he dunk that backwards? Did I? Yeah, no, no, he dunked it backwards. Sean, there's there's one I think in here where he windmills, and I think he just hits like the side of the rim. Like this kid can fly. Yeah, that was an easy flight right there. Okay, he's explosive, man. I okay. think everybody in the chat's already seeing that. Like this kid is a. Silly athlete. Absolutely silly. I mean, look at that. <laughs> He's throwing the hammer down, man. And, folks, again, just to reiterate. I know okay, I that's what I'm talking about right there. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Intimidation. A little intimidation yes. for you. Yeah. The, I mean, again, Sean, this kid's a sophomore in this film, so he's probably 15. Might be 15. Yeah. You see how easy he gets off the floor, man. Like, he's just a really springy kid. Like, he doesn't have to put much effort into getting up. And it's not awkward. You know what I mean? It's oh, see that one? He rocked yeah. it. Rocked the cradle on that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, you watch you watch him, and it's very natural. He's not, you know, trying to catch his steps, count his steps. Like, it's just very natural. Bam. One. He's got to have big hands, too, man, because he's popping that ball on the way up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that poor that poor kid was like, I think I'm going to step in front yeah. here. I think I'm going to step yeah. in front. But he's like, nah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. All right, and let's let's look at a couple rebounds, and then we'll take take a look at our last guy here because 
Could talk about Carter Nelson all day. Really could. And Notre Dame's in a good spot with Carter, by the way. Nebraska is going to be a, 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 you know, I think the main conversation piece, but there are a lot of schools that are really getting into the conversation with him because he's a little bit of a, I want to call him a late riser. I think people just didn't find out about him until a little bit later than some guys usually because of the eight-man background and everything. So that's Carter Nelson. Sean, last guy that we want to take a look at that is mm-hmm. – uh, Again, we talked about how much fun Carter Nelson's film is. I'm going to raise your fun for Carter Nelson. I'm going to raise you maybe even a little bit higher here. We're going to take a look at Caleb Brewer, who is an offensive lineman out of Wyoming High School in Reading, Pennsylvania, 6'5", 300 pounds, also an all-state wrestler, one of the top-rated heavyweights in the state of Pennsylvania out of Wyoming. So what makes him so much fun, Sean? What makes so much fun? That he's a good football player? Of course. That he's 5'300 pounds? Of course. That he's a wrestler? Of course. You know what else, though? At that size, my guy plays tight ends for his high school. Plays tight end, Sean. Plays tight end and that defensive works. end. Yes, that works. that works. A wrestling background and athletic enough to play high school tight end for a while missing. So let's take a look a little bit at the Brewer, our last guy on today's underrated section. Oh, by the way, Sean, it's only a three-star recruit by one platform. Three other platforms don't even have him rated. Okay, guys, to let to his offer list now as he continues to blow up. Has Notre Dame become the recruiting services for other schools now? I, I mean, I feel like Michigan and Penn State offered right after they got offered, right? Wasn't it Wisconsin too? Here he is on a tight end screen wearing 44. Again, this man is 6'5". 300 pounds. He has to get down to 285, obviously, during during uh, back, during wrestling season, excuse me. But this dude he... is an offensive tackle running through the middle of the field. Like, <laughs> yep. What safety wants to see that? Or uh, what nobody. linebacker wants to see that getting to the second level or pulling? Like, there he is playing defensive line and just absolutely screaming down the field. Oh, ready for this block, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he comes out with great pad level. He's physical as all heck, man. And there's going to be a conversation of whether he's a guard or a tackle on the next level. My question is – my answer is yes. I don't care which one it is. I really don't. Do I think he can play tackle? Yeah, I do. I 100% do because he's got foot quickness and he's just a really good athlete. I think that he can play tackle, no doubt. I know me and Brian have talked about this a bunch. Brian thinks that he might be an absolute dog as a guard, and I agree. Like, he would be a great guard. There's I no agree. doubt. And I, yeah. that's in connection with whom else you get, you know, who who else you might get in the class. Yes. You were talking about add, connecting him or adding Gerby Lambert in connection with him. And, yeah, kick Gerby to the tackle and let him play next to Gerby in, in the future. And, yo, you're cooking with grease. Yeah, man. But, yeah, in a pinch, he's definitely athletic enough to play tackle. Did you just see him run through the middle of the field? As a tight end, that athleticism is not the question. Sean, and I interviewed him, and we'll actually get to that interview here in a couple minutes, which is going to be oh, fun. Man. But he – so he – um, he during football season, he was about 295, right around 300 pounds this year. He obviously had to lose weight. Like, he got to get down to 285. He got the two-pound two, two allowance after Christmas. So he got was able to stay down to 287. But he literally just didn't watch what he ate for a couple days, and he got up to 293. Like, this kid is ballooning. He is going to be 320 pounds, I think, in a pretty near future. Like, he is going to be a massive, massive young man. So I could see guard. I could. 
But I think that, I mean, the foot quickness here is pretty rare, man. Like, yeah. he can move. I mean, there's a reason that he plays tight end right now. It's because he can move. He can absolutely move. And they run a little bit of a wing T in their offense, and they run obviously a little bit of, you know, they run a couple different, you know, structural things, but they love to down block on from this kid, which is why he plays tight ends. And I was also told by his high school offensive line coach, they just had the offensive lineman that it was going to Penn State. I forget his name, but he was a high recruit in 2023. He said that this is the, the only kid he's ever had in his coaching career that he has to tell to chill out and practice a little bit, man. Like you need to you need to relax a little bit. Like you need to stop doing that to the scout it. team players. I like, love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Like, hey, everybody needs to leave the field in one piece. Like, relax. Seriously, man. He's like, he's like, I need to like go over to Carter and be like, hey, man, I understand. I get it. You're working, but like, chill out a little bit. We need a couple of those guys for the game this week. You know what I mean? Like, he's just one of those kids. That's a mentality you would love to have on the offensive line. Yep. Absolutely love to have. And, and I, I know we when we introduced him a few weeks ago, I know there was someone – remember there was someone in the chat that was like, oh, he's a three-star, he's a guard. I'm just like, all right, man, just stop. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's got offers from Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. everyone, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's now like, yep, he's very good. No duh. We could have told you yeah. back you know, a couple weeks ago that he was very good. But that's Mr. Carter Nelson, Sean. And I want to give everyone the opportunity, instead of me telling you about his interest in Notre Dame and his recruitment – I had the chance to actually sit down with Carter, which was a fantastic interview. So without further ado, want to give you a little insight into Carter Nelson. Uh, sorry, into Caleb Brewer. Sorry, I got Carter Nelson on the mind. Caleb Brewer, star offensive tackle out of Wild Missing High School in Reading, Pennsylvania. Got the opportunity to sit down with him on a little bit of an interview here. Now joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast, I have Mr. Caleb Brewer, star 2024 offensive lineman at a wild missing high school in the Pennsylvania area, also a top-rated wrestler in the state of Pennsylvania. Caleb, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time, man. Like I said, I want to give Notre Dame fans just kind of a little insight into some of the top players that are on Notre Dame's board. You obviously are right near the top of the offensive line board i appreciate you for hopping in though man it's uh it's we got midterm time got a little bit of downtime but i I guess to start man how's everything been going for you i know it's been probably pretty crazy with coaches call and visits all that great stuff for you um yeah it's been great it's been exciting i've been getting recruited pretty heavily like in this uh short period in january there's gonna be a lot of coaches coming you know it's it's just exciting you know yeah, no, it really is, man. And I know, uh, Caleb, you were one of those guys that because you got your offer from Notre Dame a couple days before Christmas, and I popped in your film at that point, man. And I was like, I didn't know what I was watching for a second. I'll be completely honest, but I'm like, you're playing tight end, number 44, playing defensive end. Obviously, you're a big kid, so you're going to grow into an offensive tackle or offensive guard at the next level. But just give us a little background, Caleb, maybe a little bit of – how you started playing football, positions you played, because obviously you're playing a position that you you probably aren't going to play at the next level. Yeah. Um, so I played – I joined football in about second grade, fourth grade maybe in that area. I was a quarterback. Uh, I was a quarterback and linebacker up until seventh grade, eighth grade, and um, then they put me at O-line and defensive line. Uh, and then up until high school, I was offensive line. But at high school, they – 
by junior year this year, they decided to move me to tight end for I, who knows. I mean, I guess they liked my down block because we were on a wing tee and we don't pass a lot. So I guess I fit there and I was athletic enough to be a tight end um, for our offense. So, yeah, that, and then that's basically what all the positions I played. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know that you had an offense line background before this even happened. And, and I know that we chatted briefly, I think, last week, and you told me that the plan is, as of now, for you to move back to offensive line as a senior. Was that right? Um, I'm actually not sure. My coaches, you know, I think they're they're on the border of what's going to happen. He, my coach said he likes me at tight end, but I might get moved back to tackle. They don't really know. Gotcha. And how, how is um, the weight kind of developing a little bit? Because I guess one thing that we need to talk about is that you're also a really good wrestler, obviously, and, and it's one of the best heavyweights in the state. So obviously I know the weight's down a little bit right now because you got to be, what, 285 or less, right, to be able to wrestle at that weight. But what is kind of the weight typically at now and just maybe a little bit of your wrestling background, if you don't mind? We have a two-pound allowance after Christmas, so it, I can I can be at 287. So usually, I mean, at the end of the season, my weight was about 295, pushing 300. Um, so, yeah, I had to cut down to around 287, 290. On days that I'm, uh, like, if I if I don't have a, a meet for, like, five days, I'll probably go up to about 292. And then two days before, I won't eat a lot and I'll, I'll sweat a lot in the in the wrestling room. Uh, a couple of days ago, I had to go in the sauna with a trash bag for like 30 minutes and do a bunch of cardio to make weight. But, you know, it is what it is. So I make weight. I'm doing yeah. all right. Well, and let me ask you about your wrestling background a little bit, Caleb, because like I said, you're obviously a very well-accoladed kid in that department. You've just were I played second at your tournament this past weekend, right, in, in your division. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess maybe take me through a little bit of the wrestling backgrounds, a little more in depth, and and talk to me a little bit about, I guess, how the wrestling background helps you on the football field. Um, so I've been wrestling since I was a real little kid, maybe like four or five years old, like the little, little kids that wrestle. I've been wrestling since then. So, I yeah, wrestling's been a sport that's been in my life for a while, I guess. You know, it helped me develop better. You know, I'm tougher. My hips are better. I'm stronger more conditioned just because of wrestling. Um, if I didn't wrestle, I probably wouldn't have uh, been as athletic and have such good hips because wrestling helps a lot with flexibility and, you know, hips, you throw people. And yet, I mean, wrestling helps with football a lot, like a lot. It makes it, football's honestly an easier sport than wrestling, way easier. So uh, wrestling, uh, football camp isn't as hard um, because of wrestling. For sure. And, and I know you said that, you know, you're obviously your weight's fluctuating a little bit because it has to right now, but you said you got up to about 295 borderline 300 pounds. How does, how do you feel at that weight right now? I guess my question is because playing tight end, playing defensive end, obviously, you know, positions that don't typically hold that weight, but obviously you developing at the next level, you'll be well over 300, I think, you know, before the, for the blink of an eye. So just how, how do you feel like your, your body is maturing to be able to hold that type of weight? Um, I mean, yeah, I can definitely feel myself gaining and gaining. I'm, I think my frame's getting bigger. I'm getting, I'm getting taller and uh, wider. I'm gaining muscle too, because you know I'm staying in the gym, eating the good food, the protein. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna be growing a little bit more. I feel like it's, it's so hard to stay under 
285 now because, you know, it, I'm just growing out. I think I'll be pushing 300 uh, next season in football. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and let me ask you, Caleb, because I know that, again, you play tight end right now, but your regime projected to play offensive line. I know you said that some teams, you know, kind of looking at offensive tackle, interior offensive line. You also play defensive line for the team. So can you just take me through before I get into, like, specifically for Notre Dame side of things, like what, how many different positions teams are kind of looking you at and projecting you at right now? Um, most of them are, are looking at me for offensive tackle. Some are looking at me for guard. I mean – you know, they say they like me at center. I mean, pretty much all the offensive line positions, but most are looking at me for a, as a tackle just because of my athleticism or that's what they say. So, yeah. And I know that there's obviously a lot of great schools that have already been looking at you. You know, I was looking at your offer list earlier, and you got the Michigans of the world, the Tennessees, Wisconsins, obviously Notre Dames. A lot of teams as well or programs that have – really developed offensive line at a high level. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, I mean, you're a Pennsylvania guy. So getting offers from like Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin, like those are some of the best offensive line pipelines that there have been in college football. What's it kind of been like just this attention, man, because you're still underrated from a recruiting ranking perspective. But I think anybody that has seen your film at this point knows that you're about to make a big jump, especially during the senior year. So what's it been like just kind of the recruiting attention from so many of these big programs? Uh, it's been great. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm def I feel like I'm definitely underrated with the uh, on three and two, four, seven, all that stuff. And, you know, maybe when my senior year film comes out, I'll be rated a little better. But I, I mean, I could care less about stars and all that stuff. I mean, what I'm really here to do is go to college and uh, make it to the NFL. So that's my goal. But yeah. Well, and let, let me ask you about the Notre Dame side of things for a second, Caleb. So I know, you know, the Coaches reach out, they extend the offer, you know, a great moment, I'm sure, for you. But can you take me through just your initial impression on Notre Dame and, and getting that offer from the Irish? Um, the first time I actually ever knew about Notre Dame was, oh, well, it was a while ago. And I watched, I guess my my dad was like, oh, we got to watch this movie, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so we watched this movie called Rudy. And, you know, I, I obviously – uh, liked the movie because it's about football and stuff, but yeah, so I know I knew that they were a great program for a while. Um, so yeah, I guess then when my recruiting started, I got one of my first offers. They they were one of the first people to text me a while ago. Um, yeah, they texted me and was like, you know, we want to let you know we're on, we're you're on our radar and all that stuff, and then. In December, they came and visited. Uh, Coach Highstand did. You know, he, he was talking to me. He said he did his research and that he trusts my coach, my head coach, and um, the, the guy that helps me with recruiting, Ross Tucker. And, you know, then then after that, a couple – maybe like a week after that, um, he called me and said, you know, we did our research. We really like you. Um, we know you'd be a great player for our team you fit our, our team and our standards and they, then he offered. So, and then I've been, I've been talking to uh, their staff after that. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I, I don't know if you know this, Caleb, I'm sure you do kind of just doing the research on Notre Dame and, and whatnot, but I guess just from the perspective of how many, you know, great offensive linemen, obviously they have produced over the year and developed. How much is that a sell for you? Just kind of having a program like Notre Dame that has had guys like, 
Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley, so many great offensive linemen that have obviously come through the program. Um, yeah, it's definitely – it was an exciting day when they offered. It was pretty crazy. Um, I know they were like – they were the first big offensive lineman college offer that I got besides Tennessee. Um, like, so, yeah, they were – it was very exciting getting an offer from Notre Dame because, you know, they're like a storied program, very well developed, you know. They have – who knows how many national championships, a lot of them I know. Um, yeah, and I got Michigan in the same day. So that day was, uh, pretty, uh, uh, exciting and crazy. Yeah, no, I'm sure it was. And, and kind of just taking a step back for a second, Caleb, I know these last few weeks have been crazy for you. Coaches obviously coming through the school and doing all that type of stuff. You doing the midterm thing and everything, but I guess what have kind of just been some of the highlights of the recruiting recently, you mentioned Michigan offer, Notre Dame offer, Tennessee has been another school, Obviously, like I guess, just what has kind of been the recent with recency with recruiting trend and just kind of you know filling out the process a little bit. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, a couple of new colleges offered since then, like Wisconsin and South Carolina. But um, yeah, I've had a couple coaches visit me. Um, Penn State was in Friday. Well, the dead period just ended, so Penn State came in Friday. Yep. Then uh, Tennessee, Virginia Tech came today, and a bunch of coaches are coming the next uh, couple, next week or two. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And have you and your uh, family talked about just trying to figure out, you know, the visit schedule for the for the spring, summer, trying to get up to some schools? Yeah, we we talked about it, and we were planning on visiting Notre Dame on March seventeenth, and uh, along with a bunch of other schools. But we just learned that. That's uh, their spring break time, so we couldn't we couldn't visit then. So that kind of sucks. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to um, move it move it to another date. But we're definitely visiting Notre Dame, and we we're still trying to figure everything out because I do have wrestling until the middle of March because of uh, states. So sure. And I guess my last question for you, Caleb. Now that you look just kind of all encompassing of all the offers. And I know there's a lot more offers that are going to come in for you. I guess my mate, my overarching question about recruiting is just what are some things that are important for you when you're trying to find the right school, the right fit? Like what are some things that really stick out to you to help you make a proper decision? Um, yeah. Uh, I'd say, you know, I want good football, good academics, but I also want coaches that are going to support me and my goals and, um, you know, I want good coaches that will spend time with me, help me work harder, you know. Uh, and I want to feel comfortable with the coaches and the team, too. So, I mean, that's that's probably the most important thing, uh, the coaches supporting my goals and all that, you know. Absolutely. Again, joined by 2024 offensive lineman Caleb Brewer out of Wyoming High School in Reading, PA. Caleb, I, know, I hope that we get to talk again very soon, man, but I appreciate you for jump, jumping on the Irish Breakdown Podcast, and thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. All right, well, there you have it. It's Mr. Caleb Brewer, offensive lineman in the 2024 class out of Wild Missing High School in Reading, Pennsylvania. So, Sean, that's going to conclude the show here today as far as the underrated aspect of this podcast. We're going to get to the mailbag next. Uh, just an update on the 
Caleb Brewer visits told me that he is visiting April 1st. I put it on the message board at boards at irishbreakdown.com. So you should be able to sign up there and make sure that, uh, Make sure you stay up to date on the latest recruiting intel. So that was Mr. Caleb Brewer. That's going to end this section of the Irish Breakdown Podcast.